0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: Welcome to Psyched by MG. This is Mary Grace Randazzo Ratliff, or MG for short. I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for 32 years now. Guess what, everyone? We all have issues. So it's time to lighten up and move forward. Let's stop letting our crap control us. Take control of our crap. Good evening. Hi, Matthew. Hello. And you know, we have a new producer with us tonight, Sam. So we want to say hello to Sam. Hi, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, <laughs> and, and Sam, you know, sometimes we get going on some great conversations and we tell our, our producers, if you have a thought or an opinion, you just feel free to jump right in because we invite you to do that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, but and tonight, you know, oh, before I start, I have to say you can find us on Spotify, Podcast Detroit, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, of course, we're right here live. Um, LinkedIn, Uh, but if you could just, please, I'm begging you, please take a moment and hit, you know, subscribe, like, um, please Mm -hmm. post comments, Uh, and especially tonight, because um, I was having, Matthew, I I was having a daughter, I was having a conversation with my daughter, we were talking about all of the COVID deaths, and -hmm. that we hit in this country, 202,000 people now.
0: Over 203,000 now.
1: Oh, my God. And I see, we're really going up. Um, and I had a thought, and I, and I want all of our, our viewers and our listeners, um, that I want to do a special tribute to people who have passed from COVID, because I'm not seeing any of that. And actually, my daughter brought it up to me. She said, Mom, there's no tributes to the people who've died from COVID. So if any of our viewers um, has a family member that they would like um, mentioned on the show, please Facebook message me, put it in the comments. Um, You can write me at um, psychedbymg.com. But we would like to do a a tribute um, to people who have passed and to really acknowledge what these poor families are going through. Mm-hmm. It's horrible and they're not lost and they're not forgotten, you know, and the police officers that have died from COVID, the numbers are astounding um, medical workers, all, all types of people there, there was a um, a football player, I believe from USC that they finally announced that he had passed away from COVID. Um, and so I, I do want to acknowledge all those people have died. And I would like to start a list um, of people that we acknowledge each week and um, just, you know, send blessings to their families.
0: Mm -hmm. It's just so sad,
1: Matthew. It's heartbreaking.
0: Well, and many blessings to the first, you know, to everyone who's been affected and touched by this, but the first responders too, and I know this has touched my life and I think that's something that you know recognizing and you and I have spoken about that too where you know the the you know the just the wide field of emotions that everyone is feeling and yeah. you know feeling sad or mad or angry and you know all it's like it. because all of it because you know it's still something that is happening and I think that you know a lot of the you know companies and the infrastructure and, you know, just the agencies and, you know, our economy, of course, we all want to go, you know, get back to where we were and then some and continue to thrive. Yes. Um, but we also need to do it where we can all be safe. And I think that's one thing personally for myself too, and being a first responder working in, you know, mm-hmm. where I work is that, you know, it, it definitely, it doesn't, there's never a day that goes by that I don't remember or think about, Um, you know, how this has impacted because it impacts me every day as well as, you know, everyone else. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, I want people to still remember that, you know, it's, you know, we're, it's for everyone's safety and security and, you know, so that we can continue to thrive.
1: And, you know, I want to also encourage the listeners to definitely, you can mess, you can email me at, um, Mary Grace at psychedbymg.com, but, you know, we'd like to hear some of the special stories, I think, and mm-hmm. what some of the family members have gone through, because, you know, that that deserves to be talked about, mm-hmm. and we can definitely explore on this program, you know, what what happens to you with this kind of death and grief or fears, anxieties. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, please send us your stories or at the very least, um, please give us names of people that we can acknowledge, um, and pay tribute to, uh, cause this is just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I-, I didn't realize it went to 2003 already. I mean, I just got the statistic yesterday morning, I think for 2000 and 2000, um, so Two, 200 and I'm sorry, 203,000 yeah. people yeah. in the United States alone. It's like 6 million in the world, I think. Yeah. Um. So God, it's just, it's so sad. Uh, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, my daughter, Amelia, who's at U of M university of Michigan She just told me that she was so happy. She made the decision not to do the one in-person class. She had an option to go online and um, she decided to go online and they just had a breakout of COVID in the class. So they had to shut it down and they had only 20 people show up for the classroom. And the teacher said they have three positives so far of those kids. Now I was thinking, And we will get to rigidity and the absolute thinker. But um, I was thinking three of the people she knows are nurses. They're nursing students at that medical facility. Holy crap. I mean, these students, U of M, president of the U of M, please, you know, change what you are doing. um, Because they are so, these students are so connected with this medical facility. I mean, my God, this is crazy. So anyway, I hope, I hope our viewers will, you know, definitely message us, send me an email, um, post some names uh that we can definitely pay tribute to. Now, Matthew. <laughs> We're going to get
0: to some meat and potatoes, as I say.
1: (laughs) We are going to talk about rigidity in relationships. Those people who I call them, they think in absolutes. Like there's one way to do things. Um, They can be very intellectual. Um, They, you know, (laughs) they're obstinate in their inability to yield or, to flex their thinking um, and to appreciate another person's viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, This kind of person in a relationship can really destroy a relationship um, because they're only living in their own world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Now, um, people who are like this are not always just narcissistic which is, you know, we've talked about narcissism on so many shows, and it it's that person that, you know, has an inability to really bond with others, has the inability to live in another person's world, mm-hmm. um, sees people there to just serve them and their needs are primary. And they don't self-evaluate. Uh, if they do, it's very minimal uh, and can be manipulative. Um, and they see other people's wants, needs, feelings, and knows as a burden and a problem. So Mm -hmm. there is narcissism that can create a rigid thinker, but there's so many other issues that can create it. Um, And one, of course, is substance abuse and and drug addiction, because that leads to narcissism. Um, But the PTSD sometimes can do it. Um, mm-hmm. because people have been in trauma and they can get really rigid in the way they do things because they're managing anxiety, okay. uh, and they're unaware of how controlling they can be, um, okay. because they are afraid. And a lot of them don't even know that they're afraid. Um, but, uh, the dependent personality is another one. The person who's really, really clingy, um, okay. Can and I think again that's another fear-based person, but there's many reasons that people can be rigid and or think in these absolutes like there's one way to do it, um, or they base it just on history with the person. Like if a person needs to not make a mistake they will fixate on their partner's mistakes all the time mm-hmm. and will say, you know, well, you've made this mistake before. You're going to make it again. So this is why we have to do it this way. We have to do it by this rule mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> you can kill a relationship when you have that kind of thinking. Well, and, and there's,
0: it's almost a, it's a pull of denial. Yeah, that they're you yeah. know the person is existing in, and and you've talked about this before, and you know we have too is that you know the on some level denial is a, you know it's a part of our brain, it's it's right. a it's a makeup of our brain of our mental you know capacity that does help us to a certain degree, it's but I think yeah. exactly, and it's something temporary left unaddressed and left you know, unmitigated, then that's where you start to get into these scary places where, and, you know, and I don't, I think not using that as an understatement, when you constantly see that person in denial, and, you know, the refusal of the truth, the refusal of the reality. And when you're talking about, you know, this kind of these absolutes, linguistically, and just thinking about it is that, you know, one kind of definition is that, there's this idea that it's something is something or someone is free from, you know, imperfection. And it's like, you know, well, wait a minute. Well then now we're talking about this kind of uh, God-like complex sometimes. And, you know, the, like you said, the ability to that comes out of the anxiety sometimes and that fear. And I'm afraid to take my mask off because if you really knew me, you would know. And I used to give my, I give my clients that, that activity and that exercise and that homework. And I say, you know, if you really knew me, you would know, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And that's part of that breaking through those absolutes and the rigidity and being able to take down these masks that so many people wear.
1: Yes. And to be people who are rigid and in absolutes, they're not in the moment with their, their, Mm relationship. Um, And sometimes, you know, I, I, I have this term that I use often, and it's don't intellectually abuse somebody or intellectually dominate. And if you come into a situation or a conflict, and you just come with facts, and you can't see your partner And you can't see what kind of day they had or if they're really feeling insecure or if they're tired and fatigued or if they're hungry and that these things can make people be off, screw up. Um, not be able to think well, not be able to debate at all because they have fatigue and they have stress and they're exhausted and they have a world that they live in that makes them these imperfect people, just like the person who lives in absolutes and lives in rigidity that you can't just lead by your head. And you Mm -hmm. can't just come at a problem in intimacy, in a relationship with an intellect. You have to bring your heart into the picture. Mm -hmm. And for that person who just, there are some people that just don't know how to do it. Like they come from these families that it's always about problem and solution, problem and solution. But the family doesn't know how to work with being vulnerable. Or Mm -hmm. emotional and Mm -hmm. that disconnect handicaps you and can create this rigidity, this controllingness in you Mm -hmm. that um, really blocks somebody from getting close to you and letting their guard down and being vulnerable with you. Because if if your partner is always afraid, you're going to be judged or attacked or you have to always be on with you. That's exhausting. Mm-hmm. They want to be human with you. And so if they've had a bad day or if they're tired or if they got angry at work because something happened or the kids were driving them nuts, they ha- that partner has to feel comfortable enough to come and say, you know what? I feel like shit. It has mm-hmm. been a horrible day. And they get to just vent or they get to say, can you just give me a hug? Sometimes these situations with vulnerability or complex emotions, they don't need a solution. They need a connection.
0: That is the solution. And that right? the, is, you know, that's the solution. It. The solution is the connection and that type of nebulous or just in layman's terms, I don't know where this is going, But that's part of the solution, not knowing where that where you're not knowing what the outcome is going to be, not planning for a specific type of emotion, not specifically, you know, prioritizing in numerical Roman numeral form of how I need to feel and how I need to accomplish this and how it needs to turn out. That's part of that solution. Now, it scares the living shit out of people. And that's part of the work that we do a lot of times, you know, is, and I'll say, you know, I want you to find, you know, one thing and, you know, from your past that maybe you've even discussed with each other, but instead of, and like you just said, instead of being heady with it, I want you to discuss it only from the, the, the kind of the, the version of emotion focused discussion. Yeah. I want you to lead with your emotion and see what the outcome just. Go along, ride the waves, don't plan for anything. And it's interesting, people, you know, they do report that that it feels weird. And why does it feel weird? People start to realize, well, wait a minute, how I grew up, right, is typically what we hear a lot of times. And, you know, people start to remember who taught them how to feel or not feel feel. and how how to have, you know, feeling like you have to be in so much control because if not, you know, Someone might think less of me, you know, all these types of things that you know come out of these person where a lot of people think maybe they're personality flaws. I view them as strengths because you're connecting, like you said.
1: Yeah. yeah, that connection is so important. I remember when my husband and I first got together and we were living together and. And I was so terrified and I was not as, as, as good with fear, you know, as I am today. I've changed a lot and evolved a lot. But when we first were living together, um, if, if we got into an argument, if he got upset, I would become so intellectual And I, and, you know, here I'm a therapist, the poor guy is, you know, doing battle with a freaking therapist and I can come up with a bunch of crap and sound pretty damn good. But the reality was he was telling me about something that was hard for him that I did. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember standing there and I was on my soapbox. And I was getting really heady with him and I could hear myself like the poor guy was just sitting there. He was calm. He wasn't yelling. I'm the one that's yelling. My PTSD is going freaking nuts. But what I said to him that changed the dynamic in the relationship and, and I said, don't think I can't hear myself right now. Don't think I can't hear how heady I'm being right now. And I'm so stuck. I just can't control it. And my dear husband looked at me and he said, you look so cute right now. And he goes, I'm not laughing at you. He said, but I know that was hard to say. And I said, it was. And I finally sat the hell down. And I said, God, I, If you identify something that I'm doing wrong, I can't get like when that defensiveness comes up and I start doing the word battle that people do, they get really intellectual. They get one way of thinking, you get rigid, you get controlling, like it's got to be only this outcome. And you're not even aware of your partner at that point. They are not there. You are there to win. You are there to prove a point, but you aren't there to connect. And so for couples, it's to remember to connect. And when I finally said, Jesus, I can hear myself, like I just can't stop it very good. And I sat down and I said, Man, I'm kind of embarrassed. And he's like, Don't be embarrassed. I go, Well, I get so wound up that it is, it's like a physical thing that happens to me. And now, and I wasn't even aware of it at the time. Now we're connecting and I'm sharing my struggles with needing to be right and my vulnerabilities and the things that I didn't do well when it comes to me feeling attacked or afraid, that's when the dynamics for us changed. And he, you know, you know, Dustin, he's this very mild mannered person When we first were together, I mean, I was a lot louder and more animated. And thank goodness he was able to just kind of hang with me and nod and stay calm. And then I finally got to a point where I could stop myself and Mm -hmm. I could take a step back and say, what the hell? The guy's not even arguing with you. And you're arguing as if you're in a courtroom chill out a little bit, chill out. And then I think the key is get to know what's got you so defensive and controlling mm-hmm. and wound up having that problem. Isn't the problem? Not knowing that doing that is a problem. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to struggle. you got to own your shit. And you, you, we both do this, Matthew, when you're, in with your partner and you're in a counseling session we will see just get good at owning your stuff Mm -hmm. just say you know god i'm screwing up right now or oh i can you know i know i sound heady my husband dustin has a business voice he works for ford and i say i always say oh you got your business voice on right now Mm -hmm. he's like oh i do don't i you know it's no big deal He didn't do anything to me with the business voice. I just knew I had to cue him because when he has the business voice on, we're going to talk facts. Well, I'm talking to my husband. I'm not one of his partners at Ford. Mm -hmm. So it's so important if you are the one that struggles with being controlling and the habit of getting rigid, be gentle with yourself. Pause. Number one goal, control impulsivity. Watch to see if you react and you go at a person quickly. I need you to slow down. Slow down your reaction. And if it is, because it is, when you're like that, it's such a fit. There's so much adrenaline to say, you know, I'm having a hard time hearing. I'm having a hard time being present. I can tell I want to fight right now. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know what's
0: going on with me, Well, and I think too, also for everyone who's listening, and you and I know this is so, you know, so acutely well, is that not only from our own experiences, but the work we do with people, is that things can change in the matter of an instant., yeah. and I think that's part of it is that, you know, really, for anyone listening, that, you know, it sounds cliche. It sounds, you know that, It's very kind of, you know, dramatized to say, oh, well, you know, things can change just in, in a matter of a second or a couple of seconds. But the reality is things do change. And we've both had, you know, not only professional experiences to where, you know, it validates that and it yields those results where, you know, when people say to us, if I just, if I just paused, or if I just was a little more patient right? Or like you said, if I just slowed down and recognized where this was coming from, right? If I knew that it wasn't, you know, my mom is yelling at me, but I'm really not mad at my mom. I'm really upset because I got in an argument with my partner or something, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so then we redirect our anger and then the anger turns. And like you said too, is that talk about it, you know, talk through it, don't go inside yourself and don't bottle that up because the oldest scientific trade in the book is the pressured pipe is gonna burst.
1: Yes, it is. And
0: then what happens, that pressured pipe bursts and you're dealing with these absolutes and the rigidity in a much more restrictive environment. And what I mean by that is jails, prisons, right? These environments that exist because it's an outcome of people I think for me and my experiences, yeah. you know, ask asking people and requesting and asking that favor of all of us and all the listeners: be patient, mm-hmm. slow slow yeah. down, and and perfect some of your silence, and think about what is what's going on. Like you said, get out of your head and go with your heart for a moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some people. You know, would say, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know how I feel. I don't come from that kind of family. You know, I don't, we don't do the feeling thing. Um, you know, we hear all of this like all the time. And, and I say to people, holy crap. Um, our emotions let us know that there's something wrong. And our emotions tell us to pay attention. So they are alert systems, our emotions, alleviate stress from the body so that we can make clearer decisions. When you skip, when you take a problem and you just want to go to a solution without any connection to the emotional self, you are going to make some mistakes and you are, are going to be experienced as somebody who's more detached. And I'm talking now, especially in your intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. So you, you really need to educate yourself. If you don't come from that kind of family, that's okay. If you come from an abusive family in which feelings and emotions were scary because they turned into extremes, that's okay. But you do need to work on and educate yourself on how to be connected. And to know that there's a middle ground with emotions, and they're important. And in intimate relationships, they're essential. They're about love, too, and they're about joy, and they're about pleasure and passion. They're very, very key. And so it's, this is not a business relationship. And even in business, you know, they talk about the psychology of the deal. Well, I hate to tell you, that's emotions. I mean, I'm talking about mm-hmm. the emotions and being able to read the room. Um, so to, to do something to help yourself connect versus get more and more controlling and dominating. And for people who experience a relationship in which, you know, talk about the extremes in which a person is abusive with you, physical, who it's their way or the highway, who doesn't allow your own integrity, your own values to even be present, that is not a relationship to stay in, that is not a relationship that you will grow in or be cared for in. And because it is not, it's not just about one person in relationship. It's about the connection. And that takes at least two people. So with, and and not all people who are rigid or who deal in absolutes are like that all the time. But if a partner is like that all the time, I recommend you do a call to a therapist um, and to read some books. You know, we've talked about the books on narcissism, you know, a lot in, in so many shows. Um, one good one is um, The Wizard of Oz, another narcissist. We recommend that one. But if you are with a partner who isn't like that all the time, but they, they're like that frequently, um, I would keep true to yourself, let let your own feelings and wants and needs be important and not be wrong because really heady people can outwit you um, and get you to back off with the stats and the statistics and the research and all this other bullshit. And it's bullshit. Because if you're talking about intimacy or struggle, um, that isn't about facts. That again is about connection. Okay. And so, if you are with someone who is who struggles with that, at certain periods, sometimes people, you know, Matthew, we use the word trigger all the mm-hmm. time, all the time, where you know, somebody with PTSD or somebody with anxiety who's had difficulties in their past with families who struggle with emotions or abuse or assault, um, they can get into an argument and get really controlling because they're terrified. And some of these people don't even know they're scared. And they can get absolute. And you have to figure out Well, what is going on between the two of us? I'm talking about being upset. For example, I'm sharing that I'm upset because one of the kids did something and I'm frustrated with my partner and my partner is saying, well, are you doing this right to that poor mom? Are you doing that right? Well, you know, the kids struggle with this and they start to lecture the person. Mm -hmm. Well, that mom is going to feel more, more shit. You're going to feel like crap. Um, So that mom, as an example, can say to her partner, wait a minute. I'm venting right now. I don't need advice. Mm -hmm. I just need you to be present with me. Be proactive. Understand when you need to just vent something versus you really want them to give you a solution. And be direct about that. Say, I just had a hard day. I just got to talk it out.
0: Well, and it's teaching—it's—it's it's teaching everyone and the people we come—you know—we come into contact with and we encounter and we work with, but also ourselves, you know, practicing what we preach. But you know how to communicate and how to effectively communicate, and you know yeah. this is where. And language has always been so important to me because you know when you really slow down and you understand what you're saying is, is, in, you know, and in, 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 how I'm hearing it too, and kind of is we need to be more compassionate, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the level of compassion needs to be increased, right? And I remember, and I also believe too, is that, you know, there's a lot of people walking around who are hurt people, and those hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Hello, folks hurt people, hurt people. I want everyone to hear that. Like, stop the madness. Yes. Hurt people hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And so these people are walking around and, you know, and I've, you know, as you have to, and, uh, and, you know, personal, but also work life, especially work life. I remember when I was a contractor and I worked in, uh, the, in, uh, prison system and, you know, I was, I would ha- hear some of the most incendiary, you know, just nasty and just kind of inflammatory um, comments and, you know, and and people around me, even my colleagues would be like, you're not saying anything, you know? And I said, I, kn- I don't need to, I know they're not talking about me, but I, I said, it's okay. I'm going to, you know, this one particular time I said, it's okay. I'm going to, I'll respond. I'm, you know, I'm going to let, I'm going to let this, this, you know, this person have his, you know, his time. And I had said to him, I, you know, I grabbed the mic and I said, you know, and we had formalities and which was really nice, the structure, but the structure in a compassionate way. So yeah. you never knew it wasn't about, again, the outcome. It was, we're going to be emotion focused. We're going to be patient with our emotions. And I said to him, I, I said, who hurts you? Mm-hmm. And he said, what do you mean? I said, for you to talk like that, I said, somebody, somebody really hurt you. And he said, the world did. I said, no, no, no. Who hurt you? He said, again, the world. I said, no, 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 no. There's some, someone hurt you. He said, and he started, I, I saw the eyes gloss over and he started, and he said, my mother. Yeah. And I remind, regardless, and I didn't play, I didn't say anything. I didn't, but just sometimes, and I say all this to say to viewers, to, you know, to listeners and to, you know, people listening is that. It doesn't always have to be what we what we hear but it can be what we see and what we see may not always be what we see and so like you've said this before it's like the person loses their face and they end up seeing someone else who reminds them of the hurt that they were caused and now it becomes this hurt person hurt person Mm -hmm. kind of uh dyad and it's and again it's like taking the time to be patient and compassionate and reminding, and I've always said too, I, I've said my response has been, I'm going to do you one better. I'm still going to work with you and I'm still going to have compassion and empathy. And how about that? And they don't, the person doesn't yeah. know how to, how to respond to that because they've not, they literally don't know how to respond because they've never had to respond. Had like you said, they've always had this, you know, this street fighter mentality and they've always had to just survive. And so, so there's so many listeners out there who've just, and i'm sure they're feeling it what we're talking about is that they've just had to survive just to get by and you and and i think we're both here to say when you've done the work and you're putting in the work with yourself and you're compassionate and you're learning to practice being empathetic and like you said at the beginning you know evolving and learning how to deal with some of the the, yeah. p- the past hurt and pain and trauma just a little bit better then you don't have to survive you get to thrive
1: yes you get to live um, oh that made me think of a couple of things you know <laughs> um so I want to talk to masculine types because this is not just men because there are you know women that take on more of that masculine side and I want to say that for men or masculine types that when, a woman, a feminine type is struggling and have, has had a hard time or a bad day, they need to vent and they need to use their words. And, and, and I've talked about this on other podcasts to understand the role of testosterone and progesterone in a man's body and a woman's body or a masculine type or a female type. And so, Testosterone um, keeps that person so connected to the physical body. And so we need to understand that that connection, that if you're yelling at that person, they feel it, they feel it, they feel it in their skin. You know, I'm on the feminine side, so I've got so much progesterone. If somebody's yelling, I'm in my word center, like I'm presenting my next argument, I'm getting re- I'm getting loaded, right? But for the masculine type, they physically feel their body. And, and this is so important for people to understand. And, and for women or feminine types, you have to understand that. So when you're screaming at your partner, who may be a man or man, very masculine, um, they're feeling it. They're feeling it, and that will create a guardedness. For women, and we need our words. Um, I need men and masculine types to understand like when they're coming to connect and to vent and to just feel the comfort of your presence, you have to let them use their words. So often I will see in couples therapy, the, the partner has such good intentions, but the man will say, yeah, I get it, but this is what you got to do about it. Here's the solution. This is how you fix it. Oh, we'll just do this. And they'll, they'll they'll stop her process. And I will interrupt him. I'll say, you need to stop because she's getting clearer on what to do. She's getting clearer by using her words. And your best support is to just say, I understand, or, oh, that must have been so hard. You don't have to agree or disagree. You need to connect in that experience because if you validate her and reassure her, she will calm down and she will get more secure and use less words. If you get in there and try to tell her what to do, you're going to make her more insecure. And so she then will escalate her anxiety and her words because she's struggling with insecurity. So for partners out there, I need you to know, especially men and masculine types, women's progesterone in a conflict, in a situation that's upsetting, takes us to our word center. It's just what our bodies do. And so we want words, we want words, we wanna process those words, and we wanna gain clarity, and we're intense. Validate, listen, support, and before you jump in to give advice, just say to her, listen, do you want me to say something, or do you just need me to listen? there's, I remember this one couple, she just didn't know what to say. He's like, well, do you just need me to listen? Or do you want me to say anything? And she just looked at him. She goes, I have no idea. Because he had never been like that before. He always got in there and told her what to do and mansplained her. So just, you will see her de escalate. And then when she feels the connection and the comfort through words, because we get soothed with the words, She's going to be able to hear then any possible opinions or thoughts that you might have. On the other side, for female types, working with men or masculine types, please know if you're really, really intense, and I say women can sometimes have a machine gun of words where all the sentences run together and our intensity overwhelms a person, take a breath, take a breath slow down, men and masculine types, it's, you know, sometimes it's assumed that they don't care Mm -hmm. when they shut down. I find a lot of men really do care, but they get overwhelmed. And I say to men, please tell her that you need her to slow down if she's talking too fast. Cue each other, talk to each other. And this way you're going to create an environment in which nobody has to be controlling. No one needs to be controlled because they feel out of control and you don't have to be rigid. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, I I can't tell you how many couple sessions I do where I really have to go after this and say, uh, and I have to say to women too, please slow down. He's glazing over because you're going so fast Mm -hmm. and it's okay. If you cue her and say, I want to hear it. Can you just slow down for me?
0: And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because then both people end up diverging and they start to disconnect. And like you said, it's like, I've had to say like, listen, we're going to stop. No, 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 stop. I'm going for the next two minutes. I want you to sit here in silence and I'm going to, And, and you would be surprised. I mean, it's the hardest exercise, the hardest thing, because you have to sit there and you can't connect with anything other than your body and the the energy that you're, you know, both are kind of contributing to each other. And you really do start to learn more about the other person. And I learned, you know, about the couple is that, you know, sometimes it is, it's, and it's, and sometimes they don't, and that's okay. And we process that and we understand that. But yeah, I mean, it ends up, like you said, it's like, having them to say, wait a minute, stop, because you're doing what's going to be outcome here, which is sometimes what the main focus is of being absolutes and rigid, but the outcome is going to be the opposite of what you think you, what you're telling me you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be less connected, but you're disconnecting.
1: Yeah. And for couples, you know, I remember this phrase from my professor years ago, When you get rigid and when the argument gets to the point where it's just about proving a point and winning, you do what we call the hot potato game. Well, yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but I did that because you did this. Yeah, but you've done that so many freaking times. I'm sick and tired. I'm doing that because you're doing this. And it's back and forth and back and forth. And I will say, okay, you done? Is this productive? Did you did anybody listen? Did we gain, gain anything? Never play the hot potato game.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: can say, I'm so scared you won't hear me. Or I, I'm just so worn out. We're back in the rut and I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to change the direction of this conversation. I do want to be on your side. I just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Attacking you is not fun and use i terminology i feel this i'm concerned about this i don't want to play the hot potato game we're back into a habit here i really am on your team i am on your side i just don't, i want to be heard i'm afraid you don't really hear that this is hard and turn your words around to shift out of rigidity and absolutes and proving a point and winning to connection. Because that is so freaking key. That's hope lives on the side of connection. There is not a problem that can truly destroy a relationship. It's how you deal with the problems and are both of you committed to making it connect to connecting with one another and getting through it together it can't be one sided if you got one that's working and the other one's not the one that's working is just going to end up the love turns into resentment and you just destroy the relationship i always say if it's a one sided relationship you're going you have cancer and eventually it gets terminal because both have to get into it And
0: I said to uh, couples too, is that, you know, in the past, again, in processing the defenses, at some point they were helpful because they, they allowed you not to get hurt as much as you maybe were going to get hurt. But then you have to start then deciding, do you want the walls or do you want the relationship? Mm -hmm. Do you want the walls or do you want the connection? Right. Do you want the walls or do you want the intimacy? And like you said, if you're, that's where the, the, the intimacy, the relationship, the connection, that's where hope is. And there's no place for that resentment or hate, or, you know, it, I mean, it can try to rear its head, but when there's hope there, and I just said this to a couple, I'm like, it's not about a couple meeting each other halfway. If both put a hundred percent in, then neither one Mm -hmm. of you are worrying about your loyalty to each other. That's right. It doesn't, we're not talking about getting it right because y'all are going to fight like cats and dogs. But if you're putting that energy and that commitment in, and that investment, like you were saying, then you're not worrying about that loyalty.
1: Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, my husband struggled with, he'll appreciate this. um, He struggled with when he was not feeling valued at work or when he was feeling underappreciated at work, he would get on me. You don't, you don't appreciate all that I do at home. You don't value, you know, what I'm doing. You're not, you don't want to listen to me. And I, it took us years to figure this out. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? You got like the best partner in that regard. <laughs> like I constantly, like, thank you, honey. And oh, I appreciate that. Or, oh my gosh, I really love that you did that. And, and then I finally figured it out and I said, oh my God. And then we would end up in an argument. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just said, you know, thank you for this. Or And then I started to prove myself, you know, I did this, but I no, but I did it over here. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't do it over here. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, then finally, instead of arguing with him and proving my point, I sat down and I said, wow, you're really coming at me did you have a bad day? Did something happen at work? What's going on at work? And I realized don't personalize it. Don't personalize something that when you're getting hit with something and you're like, what are you talking about? It probably isn't about you. And so I said to him, what's going on? Because I don't think I have this famous saying, Matthew has it too. I don't have my face right now. I just don't have my face. Like, I'm not sure who you're talking to, but it isn't me. Will you give me my face back and I'm on your team and I'm on your side and I care about you, but I need to understand what you're going through. And then I want to know, what do you need? What do you want? Mm -hmm. How can I help? And it, it helps to stop or check the person because that outside world drains us stresses us out especially now with all the freaking crap that's going on out there and we tend to to take it and and um um we tend to take it out on the people we're closest to and our mm-hmm. partners and so that makes it hard and hello like
0: we've been friends for how long and i just what i just this is for all people who are listening to, and this is a thing, therapists are humans too. And it's like, Ah. and I, and I, I called you to, I called you today. And was it today or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. And I said, you know, with transitions coming up and with changes coming up. And I said, I want you to please, I said, can you do me a favor? You said, Oh, sure, honey. (laughs) 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 And I said, I need you to let me know when I'm not, Meeting your needs, yes, I need you to let me, please let me know because I might be distracted and I might not be seeing everything in front of me. So I'm gonna if if you can let me know to help me get out of my way, yeah, and that's and this again, and for everyone listening too, this has taken me years to, I mean, yes. get to that point. But yes. it was such a breakthrough for both of us. Yes. And it we've happens. had many. So that's also too distressed to the listeners. You'll have many breakthroughs if you allow yourself to go, to the, to go, to the, go in the direction that might be scaring you. It, was, it didn't feel good. I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know what she's... she, she might yeah, You might tell me to go get bent and I'm going to have to be like, okay. But I took the chance yeah. to be vulnerable yeah. and connect. And look at, I wasn't rigid and I wasn't absolute. I was imperfect and you allowed, you took my vulnerability and you cradled it with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so we met each other with, and we were invested in each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is so it right there. Now Matthew, I know you have an appointment right after this, so I'm gonna let Matthew. Uh, I'm gonna do the closings and stuff, so I'm gonna let Matthew go because he has an appointment. Um, and oh, blessings, Dale. Mm-hmm. Talk to you. Thank
0: soon. you. Going to Sam and I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> everyone, love
0: you. Take care. Be safe, thank and I'll you, be talking thank you. to you soon.
1: Yes. Yes. Um. And so what I'm going to just reiterate is, you know, if fear is at the basis of so many defense mechanisms, it really is. But when I say to a person, how do you know when you're afraid? They always think of terror. They think in extremes, like they really do. And I have to tell them, no, 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 no. I'm talking about mild moderate, how do you know when you're afraid? So if you are in a conflict with somebody and you get locked in to winning, um, are you aware of how anxious you are? Are you aware of what you're like if maybe you're wrong or you're making a mistake? And then do you come from a background that if you ever made a mistake, you got clobbered and judged and hurt? Well, you have to be aware of that because then you're going to fight even harder. I came from a family that you freaking won because you got your ass kicked. And so often I had to be right. But again, it's not, it's not especially intimate relationships. It's not about being right. It's that fear and that habit that you have in that argument locks you and gets you rigid and you miss out on the present and you're not going to be connecting with that person. And so I, I encourage you to get to know yourself. If you see controlling issues in yourself, I got them. If you see that you can be rigid at times, I do that. Um, the, that's not a problem. That's not the issue. It's what do you do with that? And it's funny shit. I say this all the time on the show. Like some of the rigid shit we do is funny. And if you could say, oh my God, I say this all the time to my family. I can hear myself right now. I know I'm lecturing. I can't shut up. I'm aware. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I always say, you know, give me a break. People start to laugh and my kids will say, well, at least mom, you're aware of it. I'm like, oh my God, I've had a hard day. Like, I don't even think I could hear another thing. And then my son who wants to be a therapist will say, well, then you need to say that mom. (laughs) Well, mom can't be perfect. So really get to know, how do you know when you're afraid? What does your body do? Well, I used to clench my teeth like crazy. So I thought, oh, great. I call those physical indicators. Do you hunch your shoulders? Do you bite down? Do you not breathe well? Get to know that because you're anxious and you're nervous, which means, okay, so if you're vulnerable, if you make a mistake, if you don't win and you fear judgment, you've got a lot of anxiety going on. We'll put words to that. Say, oh my gosh, I am so nervous right now. It's hard for me to speak. It's hard for me to own mistakes. I don't want someone judging me right now. If The person does. If you get vulnerable and that person becomes an asshole, that is a reflection of them and not you. Be secure in yourself. I've said this a thousand times. If you want to know who a narcissist is, be vulnerable, have limits, have feelings, and have no's. They will condemn you for it, turn it into a problem and a burden make you feel guilty if that's who's in front of you tell them there's the door and don't let the door hit them in the ass on the way out it is not a reflection of you good people when they see vulnerability will say oh no it's okay or oh i'm i'm that way myself or they will connect with you the only way you're going to see who's in front of you is to get vulnerable and is to connect so I think that's, that's the key thing that I think I want everyone to hear tonight um, and to get. And so if you, str- if you struggle, all of us with our rigidity and all of us with our control issues or our absolutes, there's one way to do things, um, ease up on yourself. We all have it. If you have it to a large degree, I'm going to recommend you get some counseling because there's a reason you're like that. There's a reason you've evolved into that place. Still be gentle with yourself, but be responsible and take a look at it. You're responsible to fix it. You can't just use your past as an excuse to be an asshole. Don't. So, um... On that note, I also want to remind everyone again, please, 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 if you have um, the passing of somebody who you know from COVID, um, please uh, let us acknowledge them. And if you want to just use their first name, we appreciate it and we'll do that too. And other than that, I wish you a great evening. And uh, I hope that you'll hit like and subscribe. We are everywhere Facebook. spotify podcast detroit apple and google podcast um youtube we're everywhere on spotify. thank you